blessings in Jesus' name, Bethel. Welcome, welcome to a beautiful time in God's presence. The Holy Spirit is here in person today. Thank you, Lord, for your love. I bless your name, Lord. Thank you for this presence. Thank you, Lord. Sheila no ma anka branuska telebayagada Ela kobaragadash Ela kobaratuska I see a lot of liberations happen as a result of this teaching The title of this teaching is The Finisher's Anointing The Finisher's Anointing Lord help us help your people Lord to receive your word O oh God with meekness Help them, Lord. Let it transform us. Let it change us, Lord. Let it help us get from one level of glory to a higher level of glory in you, O God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The finisher's anointing. It is very interesting, you see, how much zeal and planning and passion that you see people put into starting a thing. I have seen people plan. Nigerians are one of the very best at planning. If you see how they plan parties, people take their time in a stepwise manner to plan. Um, I've seen people plan for days and months to start up something. And then, yes, people plan and then it comes out successful. But very little energy is really put into the finishing of many things started. It's like the same energy that's put into planning. People do not really put in that energy into finishing. It requires a certain type of anointing to start up something successful anyway. But it also requires an anointing to finish whatever you started out completely in a successful manner the end of something or the rough finishing of a thing you see it can ruin the many years of starting up and sustenance let me give you an example here a businessman can successfully run a business for years and ruin it all you know at a point of retirement why he ruined it because of a bad decision and at this point of retirement this is where he could have you know handed this business over as a legacy down to his generations you see also many people have started up things and they don't know that they require a certain grace to finish it people have started up projects and then they just find out that uh, they don't have the resources that was you know coming in at the beginning of the project it really takes a lot to finish things people do not know that it takes 
more many times to finish off things than even starting it up the bible says that the laborers labor in vain except the lord build it well i'm going to show you an example from scripture you're going to look at a series of examples because this teaching is a broad teaching i just want us to pay close attention to what i have here for us today second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 this is paul speaking now he says i have fought a good fight i mean sorry i have fought a good fight i have fought a good fight we can call it a fight of faith i fought a good fight i have finished my course i have kept the faith now verse 11 of the scripture says only luke is with me take mark and bring him with me or bring him with you for he is profitable to me for the ministry why is paul saying in verse 7 that he has finished his course but then he has luke with him and then he will need mark why is paul requesting for someone else to join him someone has finished this course if you look at paul you see that paul he's saying he has finished his course well paul is asking for a meaningful person around him who will bring the closure of his ministry in a very right way finishing well is important you don't just end a fast anyhow or a prayer anyhow you see even when it comes to deliverance you can start a deliverance without the required power or knowledge to finish it and at the end of the day what you derive from such process is that you either weaken the unclean spirit or then you anger the spirit further because you didn't have the required knowledge or power or anointing to cast out the spirit so you either make the spirit weaker or then you anger it further and many people are victims of this and they don't even know people don't know judges 13 verse 3 he talks about Samson. The Bible says here, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, that's Mohana, Mohana is Samson's mother, and said unto her, Behold, behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Verse 4 of Judges 13. It says, Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine or strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing verse 5 for lo thou shalt conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come on his head for the child shall be a nazarite unto god from the womb and he shall begin to deliver israel out of the hand of the philistines i'm sure that we're wondering why i read this scripture many people think that samson didn't fulfill his purpose because he died in the hands of delilah but i want to point out something very strange in this scripture it's something that we probably do not pay much attention to but if you look at the ending part of verse 5 he says that the man or the boy samson he will begin to deliver he will begin to deliver 
he will begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. It wasn't given to Samson to finish off the Philistines, but only to begin in the process of delivering God's people. In fact, if you look at that scripture properly, the person who brought this message wasn't just an angel. It was the Lord Jesus who brought the message about the birth of Samson. Let me give you the two reasons why I believe that it was Christ who came himself to deliver the message to Mohana. The first thing is that you see in Judges chapter 13 verse 18, verse 18 of the scripture, it says that blessings. It says that they asked for his name. That is Moana and Samson's dad asked the angel who appeared what is your name sir I'm just you know saying this literally and the response of the angel was my name is secret other versions say sheer wonder the, the second reason I have is you see if you look down that scripture to verse 20 the Bible says that they offered a sacrifice and the angel ascended with the smoke of the offering to heaven showing it was accepted angels have no business when it comes to your relationship with God when you're offering worship when you're offering a direct sacrifice to God angels are only bearers of the message of God and then they swing into action based on what God commands them to do the angel the angel rather ascended in the offering that was sacrificed on the altar he ascended in it the bible says there in verse 19 that the angel did wondrously that wasn't an angel there were many places where christ appeared in scripture before he came to the earth as a man in flesh and blood but this is not the emphasis of my teaching what i want you to see here is that something was given a grace to only begin a thing and not finish it there are many people in God's program who were given the grace to only start a thing. But out of their own personal zeal and agenda, you see these people putting everything to try to finish, you know, as well. And then because the grace is not there, then you now see all the lapses and the problems and the jealousy and all the envy that's so unnecessary in the body. Let's look at that scripture. There are so many scriptures I want us to look at today. Holy Spirit, help us. Let's open to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Eleven de Bratuska Alabayando Ela Kovarano Sekelieto. Mark chapter 9, verse 2. The Bible says, And after six days, Jesus taken with him Peter, James, and John, and leaded them up into an high mountain apart by themselves and he was transfigured before them and his raiment became shining exceeding white as snow so as no fuller on earth can white them what i want you to see is look at how many days jesus christ took peter james and john up the mountain if you look at the account of moses when moses went to meet god on the mountain you see that moses did not eat when he met with God for 40 days and 40 nights. 
The only place where there was an account of the elders eating with God was at the point where God told them to wait. So Jesus journey with um, Peter, James and John up the mountain. Obviously there was no feeding on this journey. They were journeying to a place where Christ was transfigured and then let's look at what happens after. You see, while Jesus was on the mountain, the disciples that Jesus left behind, they were busy conducting a deliverance. Jump to verse 17 of this scripture. You see that, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which had a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him and foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pinned away. And I speak to, the, to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. So, in this place, you see that uh, the disciples that were trying to conduct a deliverance did not have the requisite knowledge or the power to cast out the unclean spirit that was troubling this guy. So if you jump to verse 25 of this scripture, you see that when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto, unto the spirit, Thou deaf and dumb spirit, I charge thee, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. What I want you to see here is that Jesus Christ did not want them to see what he was about to do. That was why as he saw that the crowd was gathering, he cast them out, he cast the spirit out immediately. If Jesus wanted to put up a show, he would have allowed the crowd to swell in number before casting out the spirit. But here Jesus was trying to hide something from them. And then Jesus did not want them to see the end of what he was going to do. Because if you look at what happened after, the Bible says that uh, the spirit rent the boy saw in as much as the boy looked dead. Uh, that's not the emphasis of what I'm showing you. Look at what Jesus Christ says after. Jesus says in verse 29 of this scripture that this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Jesus here is giving them an example of what it is needed to be able to finish off something here in terms of deliverance. If you look at verse 2 of this scripture that I read, you see that where Jesus was coming from, Jesus Christ was coming from a place of fasting. Him, uh, him, Peter, James, and John journeyed up the mountain for six days. So they were fasting. So Jesus Christ, everything Jesus Christ did, he did, all the miracles Jesus Christ did rather, he did in the place of man. He did in the place of man. He did it underneath the authority given to man, underneath the power given to man by God. It was when Jesus Christ died and he ascended that he was giving his rightful place in heaven. So everything Jesus Christ did, he did as man. I don't want someone here to say, okay, maybe Jesus Christ was able to cast out the unclean spirit because he is Jesus. No, Jesus Christ was coming from a place of fasting with his own disciples. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 1 is the emphasis of the teaching I want to do here today. Everything was that I have said here was just, you know, to introduce us to the main teaching. So Zechariah chapter 4 verse 1. Blessed Holy Spirit. Please I want us to pay attention here. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 1. I'm going to read now. And the Bible says that and the angel that talked with me came again and washed me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep and said unto me, What seest thou? 
and I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the left side thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. Uh, so I answered and spoke to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? I know that this place looks mystical, but I'm going to try to explain what Zechariah was saying here, or what Zechariah saw. The first thing I want you to notice here is, in verse 1, the angel came to Zechariah and woke him up. The angel came to Zechariah and woke him up from his sleep. Because not everything can be brought to you in the dimension of dreams or in the dream state. There are times when the dreamer has to be awakened sometimes to a place where these things are. Or while in some other cases the things are brought to you but all things cannot be revealed in the dimension of dreams. There's also a place called the dimension of vision. But I want us to focus on what I have here for us today. So, look at what Zechariah said, looking at the end of where I just read. The angel told him, what are you seeing? He described it in his knowledge. But Zechariah was wise enough to say, what are these, my Lord? You know why? Because only the Lord can bring you superior understanding and knowledge. What Zechariah was seeing was actually accurate. But he understood that behind what you see physically lies a meaning that only Yahweh can reveal to you. So what was Zechariah seeing here? Zechariah said that he saw a candlestick. Now, I don't know if you know the menorah. The menorah is the candlestick with seven seven uh, branches with that branch in the middle called the branch that represents Christ, the root of David. So that's what we call the menorah. It's a lamp with seven branches. Yeah, that was what he saw in the middle. And he said that the candlestick he saw was golden. That bowl that he's talking about, the end of the menorah looks like a bowl where you can put the candlestick. And then, where you can put the candle rather on the candlestick. And then he said that he saw a candlestick in the middle of somewhere. And then on both sides of the candlestick lie two trees. And then, apart from that, he said he saw seven pipes come from the trees connected to the lamp. And the golden pipes from these two trees were bringing oil into the lamp. So, I want you to pay attention to something because I'm about to demystify what he saw. What Zechariah saw there was this. What, what, what are trees what 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 do trees represent first of all in the bible if you look at psalms 1 the bible lets us know that men are trees so you're not talking about angels there or mystical beings in heaven those trees represent men 
and then the trees were called olive trees because these men were anointed or these men had they had developed themselves to a level where they the anointing had gotten to a level where it was on the overflow level and then it could run through the pipes and power the lamp to see so this was what he saw he saw two trees on both sides he saw pipes definitely taking oil from the olive trees to the lamps but he needed better understanding that's why he asked the angel beside him said what am i seeing let's look at zechariah same scripture chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 it further explains better what zechariah was seeing then the angel answered him and spake unto him saying this is the word of the lord unto zerubbabel saying not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the lord of hosts who art thou o great mountain before zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings crying grace grace unto it so who would ever know that the representation of what this angel was showing Zechariah was the finisher's anointing. Hmm. Who would ever think that this structure that the angel was showing to the man of God represented something ancient, something that talks about an anointing that helps a man to finish with ease. Before this teaching ends, you will get to know who these two trees are. Or let's just go there straight up. Open to Revelations chapter 11. Revelations chapter 11. Revelations chapter 11 verses 4. Revelations chapter 11 verses 4. If you go to Revelation verses 11, Revelation chapter 11, let's read from verse 3. It says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days clothed in sackcloth. Now, listen carefully. Verse 4. These are the two olive trees. Wow, <laughs> we just saw that in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible is saying here that these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Wow, verse 5. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Hmm. I know that if you are very sensitive and if you are one who studies scripture, you already know who the Bible is talking about here. I'm coming from a place where I read a scripture in Mark 9, where Jesus appeared. I mean, where Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and two men appeared before him. So this teaching is just like a storyline that interconnects with other Bible stories. But we're driving somewhere. Just follow me carefully. Follow me carefully. Now verse 6 says, These 
have the power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Who are these two witnesses? I ask you. The first one has the ability to call fire from heaven. Who did that in the in the Bible days? And then the other one has the power. The same person who calls fire down from heaven has the power to shut the heavens. The Bible talks about a man who prayed for rain not to fall. And he prayed again and rain fell. And there's another man again, another witness, another tree, another olive tree. This man has the ability to turn waters to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as he wills. These are the two trees that were standing behind Zerubbabel. <laughs> Elijah and Moses. The order of these two ancient mystical men were standing behind a man, physical, a physical man. <laughs> you know, many times people do not understand the way the prophetic is. It's a place where you don't want to dabble with men who have poured out their lives like a drink offering. You see a man and you do not know that this man is in the order of Elijah. He might forgive you, but because he's in the order of a clan of men who called on fire, then you see a similitude of some kind of events that come as a result of the judgment for the sin that you committed. You see, let us just follow this teaching before I digress too much. The two witnesses, now we know who they are, the two trees, Elijah and Moses, they were the structure standing behind Zerubbabel to power the lamp, thus the, the lamp to see clearly. Um, precious Holy Spirit. So, yeah, looking at the life of Paul, Paul asked for one more man. He asked for Mark. He had Luke with him and he asked for Mark. What I want you to see here is the power of three. The power of three is something that God uh, really opened my mind to see in this, in this teaching. What is it about the number three and being able to finish? Because how can a man like Paul say he has finished this course and then request for another man? Why is it that Zerubbabel needed two witnesses so that he could finish? So that he could finish building? Why? What's the mystery behind three? Because I know that scripture says that a threefold cord cannot be easily broken. Let's look at another scripture. I like to use scripture to back up everything I'm saying so that there will be witnesses from God's word. First John 5, we'll be reading from 7 to 8. First John 5, 7 to 8. The Bible says, So there are three witnesses in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these are one. 
I'm still talking about the, the mystery behind three, the number three. And there are witnesses on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree and they are in unison. And they these three agree and using in unison, their testimony coincides. So if you look at Paul now, Paul asked for one more person that makes three jesus on the cross dying for the sins of the world but if you look at the scenario jesus is not alone there are two people on his side one was saved and one was not saved if you look at the holy trinity the holy trinity comprises of three so there's something about three because jesus said it is finished it wouldn't have been finished if the scenario was not painted that way so I, I, I for a long time i've been pondering i've been saying god i i understand that you've given me this mystery this mystery of the finishers anointing but lord how can we apply this to our lives how can this help us how can we bring these mysteries how can we pull this ancient resource and apply it to our lives how do we finish well how do we finish well since we receive the engracing now to start things that we desire how do we finish well do we need two people also like paul do we need two people you know i was asking the holy spirit holy spirit please answer me help me here you know what the holy spirit told me the holy spirit said to me that if you remember the time when the israelites were at war where Aaron and Hor held the hands of Moses, you will see that each time Moses' hands were weak and he dropped his hands, the children of Israel kept losing the war that they started. They, were, they already started the war well and they were winning, but Moses was losing strength, his hands would go down, and then they begin to lose the war. Aaron and Hor had to hold his hands up, and then because Aaron and Hor held Moses' hand up, they were able to finish the war and win you find that in exodus 17 now the holy spirit told me that the job of these two persons is to be a balance hmm. so when you start up something when you receive an anointing to start something you need an anointing that comes like a balance so that our hands can stay strong to finish well. Hmm. So I asked the question again. I asked, I said, do we really need a physical person, Lord? Do we really need a physical person to help us hold our hands? And I, I got to know that, yes, in some cases, we might actually need right-hand men. But if you look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 to 8 that I read to us, it says that the witnesses on earth is the spirit, the water, and the blood. The water and the blood represent the word. The written word, that is, the written word is um, the water and the word that came as flesh rather is the blood so i said that the water and the blood represent the word the written word is the water and the 
word that came as flesh is the blood and then we have the spirit too these two great witnesses that is the the flesh or the written word and the flesh that came as the word and the spirit of god these two great witnesses make up the finisher's anointing the union of the word and the spirit brings the finisher's anointing the union of the word and the spirit are the two witnesses that we need what many of us need what i realized that many of us need is that we need a word many of us need a word and once the word of god comes and is backed up by the spirit that is all that we need to finish well let's look at zechariah chapter 4 verse 9 zechariah chapter 4 verse 9 i know that we're coming from zechariah but i i intentionally did not read a particular part of zechariah chapter 4 verse 9 because it was for now now we're there the bible said there that after all that transpired between the angel and zechariah look at what the angel of the lord said he said that the hands of zerubbabel or the hands of uluwadara has laid the foundation of this house his hands shall also finish it and i shall know that the lord of hosts has said me unto you mm. what we need is the union of the word and the spirit to activate the finishers anointing I know that someone has been listening to all of these things and shouting oh mystery 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 but no what I want you to get out of this is that by the revelation that you have received today you have received not only an understanding but a grace is coming upon you to finish well there are people who have started things and they've been struggling to finish maranos kapale anosha kandele bayada Elanumbra tuska eleban de bratushka palian den brende elega de leba adabratoshiata ela kamarania no again de liede aparadaskash. The Lord has sent me to you to prophesy speed. I know it's so coincidental that the Lord spoke to me and said that the month of April, which is next month, is a month of defined velocity. So I speak the word of the Lord to your life that your hands have started this which the Lord has placed in your hands your hands have started this you have laid the foundation of the house the project that God has given to you your education your school your your scholarship your visa your marriage your relationship you have laid the foundations these hands that have started this project will also finish it and you shall know that the lord of hosts has sent me unto you i speak over your life i speak ease that the oil brings ease to your life right now in the name of jesus christ 
Ebaranda skate ekatulia pandebra mahadele bayagada ela nombra tu squetesh ela kabaraka taska peleno miliano me engangombran toska ela nombra tu shiete mila kabarada skate eleba de bratoska paleada the bible says that jesus is the author and the finisher of our salvation Jesus finishes things also. By the mystery of this that you've heard in the name of Jesus, I bring you liberation. Just like the vision I saw before this teaching started, liberation comes for you. Liberation comes for you. Peace. I speak divine speed in the name of Jesus Christ. Divine speed in the name of Jesus. Divine speed in the name of Jesus. Run fast now. Mount up wings like eagles and fly high. Fly higher than you've ever flown. You shall finish well in the name of Jesus. I call you blessed, Bethel. Everything that you lay your hands upon to do prospers in the name of Jesus Christ. I call you blessed. I love you very much, Bethel. Thank you for always listening. God bless you.